Chair, staff is ready when you are. Great, thank you. Good evening and welcome to the September 28th, 2022 Utilities Rate Advisory Commission meeting. The meeting is now called to order. Will the clerk please call the roll to establish a quorum? Thank you, Chair. Commissioners, please unmute and turn on your video. Commissioner Gutowski is absent. Commissioner Lee? Present. Thank you. Commissioner Thomas? Present. Thank you. Commissioner Zito? I will come back to her. It looks like she might have just promoted. Oh, present. I'm present. Thank you so much. Vice Chair Vanderwerf is absent. Chair Fidel? Present. Thank you. We have a quorum. Thank you. This meeting is virtual via Zoom. For members of the public who wish to join, please refer to the agenda for the Zoom link. Once you've joined the meeting and wish to speak, raise your hand to provide public comment when the chair confirms the public comment speaking period for your desired item. If you're online, click on raise hand on the bottom of your screen. In the mobile app, you can raise your hand by tapping the raise hand option in the more tab. If you're calling in via telephone to raise your hand, dial star nine. Then to unmute or mute, dial star six. Speakers will be called on by the last four digits of their phone number. You'll have two minutes to speak once you are called on. We will now proceed with today's agenda. Please rise for the opening acknowledgments in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands. To the original people of this land, the Nisenan people, the Southern Maidu, Valley and Plains Miwok and Patwin-Wintu peoples, and the people of the Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe. May we, may we acknowledge and honor the native peoples who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather together in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous people's history, contributions, and lives. Thank you. Please remain standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Um, our first business today is approval of the consent calendar. Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on the consent calendar? Thank you, Chair. I have no speakers with their hands raised for this item. Thank you. Are there any commissioners who wish to, wish to speak on this item? Uh, yes, Commissioner Lee. Um, I was not present at the last meeting. I did look through the minutes, but in order to have, am I allowed to abstain or can I just say, yeah, the meeting minutes looked good. <laughs> I did look at them, but. I'm actually in the same situation. Because neither me or Megan were there, right? I remember looking at that. Um, I, I guess I'll have to ask the clerk. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Chair. Um, so yes, you can abstain. Um, 
for the vote if you felt like the minutes were incomplete or um, they needed to be adjusted. If they look good to you and you confirmed everything for the minutes was correct, you can absolutely vote yes on this vote as well. Commissioner Thomas. Uh, hi there, I just had a quick note on the minutes. I noticed that my name is spelled incorrectly throughout the, throughout the document. So Chair, just to provide some guidance, we can pass it as amended. So Thomas, your name can be corrected and then we would post the um, amended minutes if it were to pass. Okay, do I have a motion and a second for the consent calendar? A motion that we move for the to approve the consent calendar. I have a second. With, with the correction, sorry. I have a motion by Commissioner Zito and a second by Commissioner Lee. Will the clerk please call the roll for the vote? Thank you, Chair. Commissioner Gutowski is absent tonight. Commissioner Lee? Yes. Thank you. Commissioner Thomas? Yes. Thank you. Commissioner Zito? Yes. Thank you. Vice Chair Vanderwerf is absent. Chair Fidel? Yes. Thank you. So the motion passes as amended. Thank you. Thank you. We'll now proceed to the discussion calendar. Item two is the update on chapter 2.40 of the Sacramento City Code relating to boards and commissioners generally. It's an oral report. Is there a staff presentation? Yes, Chair, my name is Mindy Cuppy, your city clerk, and I'll be making the presentation this evening. So for, for background, last June, the mayor asked that the PNPE Personnel and Public Employees Committee established oversight, facilitation, and staffing responsibilities for city commissions. So over the past few months, we've put some structural updates in place and continue to move forward with steps to uplift commission's voices. The first is the foundational municipal code that governs boards and commissions in general. And I think it's important for you to understand the underlying code that governs your advisory body. So I will take you through it at a very high level to brief you update on, on the code. So on August 30th, the city council approved an update to city code chapter 2.40, which is boards and commissions generally. This is the foundational law governing city boards, commissions, and committees who are appointed by the mayor or the city council. And this code states that it is the intent of the city council in enacting this chapter to assure that appointees for seats on boards and commissions possess those high ethical standards required of them to properly fulfill their functions, to disclose any conflicts of interest that would render applicants and appointees ineffective in performing their duties, or would jeopardize the interests of the city to protect applicants and appointees against untrue allegations with respect to their background integrity, and to establish a uniform administrative framework for all boards and commissions. So as you know, commissioners are appointed from within the community and are expected to represent the city as a whole while promoting community and stakeholder input and taking into account all viewpoints. Serving as a commissioner provides a way for residents who have special experience or interest to participate in the city's decision-making process by advising city staff and the city council on numerous issues. The specific role of most commissions is to review and make recommendations to the city council on matters within the scope and authority um, and this is most commonly achieved by the commission at publicly noticed meetings serving as a venue for public input and participation. 
So as we continue to uplift commissions to the same expectations, standards, and processes at the City Council, I'm really excited to be creating what I think will be a model commissions program that other cities will emulate. We will be a model of transparency and inclusiveness. Our commissions will be inclusive with a diversity of voices, be transparent. All activities will be open to the public. We will be encouraging public participation. We'll follow consistent standards such as the Sacramento Sunshine Ordinance and Brown Act. We have, we'll have a clear legislative history of the important work that you do, and we'll have a clear and consistent process for commissions to communicate with and advise the council. So again, I will step to the provisions of the code. Um, the entire code is part of your staff report, um, and so this will be, of course, at a very high level. So the appointment procedure. So all applicants must submit an application. You've all gone through this process. So persons recommended um, by the PNPE committee will then be sent to the mayor, and then they will be confirmed by the full council. And then vacancies will be um, conducted in the same as the appointment procedures. So failure to attend meetings without a minimum of four hours advance notice to the city clerk is an unexcused unex absence. And three unexcused consecutive absence are deemed good cause for removal from office. Um, in the case of a commission that has no regular meeting date, um, there are different requirements. So terms. So terms of each commission now are four years. There are a few exceptions, um, some being, uh, let's see, the Sacramento Youth Commission. Uh, those are two-year terms because generally those um, youth term out. Um, and then there's some that are established by charter and so forth. Limitation on consecutive number of terms. So no person self-serve more than two consecutive terms. And there are a few um, exceptions there also. So removal of members. So um, each member, this code states that each member shall comply with all the laws and requirements related to the member's mm -hmm. office, including by, but not limited, taking an oath of office, filing a conflict of interest um, statement, and then completing any training as required. And again, failure um, of any board or commission to comply is deemed good cause for removal from office. So meetings generally, as you know, um, each regular meeting um, shall be noticed. Each meeting will be conducted in accordance with the Council Rules of Procedure and the Brown Act. If a quorum is not established within 15 minutes of the meeting notice start time, the meeting will be canceled. And then um, as needed, special meetings may be called if it's necessary to conduct business. So ad hoc committees and subcommittees. So city boards and commissions may not establish ad hoc committees. Um, a city board or commission may establish a subcommittee on, upon approval of the city council. Um, and that would be um, taken before PNPE committee um, for discussion. So the council has stated that if there are any existing ad hocs, they do have until the end of this calendar year um, to cease operations. So chairpersons. Um, so this rule now states that um, each commission shall elect one of its members to serve as chairperson and another as vice chairperson. Um, and that will be done on an annual basis and each of them may only serve for two calendar years. Um, and as you know, if the chairperson is absent, the vice chairperson um, shall act in the capacity of the chairperson. This ordinance also states clearly that the city clerk shall act as your secretary and the city attorney shall act as your legal counsel. And there's a requirement that every five years I report on the status of board commissions to the full city council. So in summary, I think we've done a lot of work to uplift commission's voices. However, I still think we have much to do. So over the past year, we've ensured that all commissions follow the same high standards as the city council for agendas, meetings, facilitation, legislative history. They mirror the council standards and processes. 
We've created a recruitment video, a commissioner handbook, commissioner orientation and onboarding process, and meeting facilitation guide for chairpersons. However, as I said, there's still much to do um, in order to continue to uplift commission voices to ensure inclusivity. So we will bring an update of the council rules of procedure to the city council this fall. And among other things, it will address a standard and consistent process for commissions to report to the council, including accomplishments, recommendations, and upcoming year um, objectives. We will develop ongoing training for commissions and department staff, and we will expand recruitment for all commissions with a focus on diversity and inclusion. Um, and with that said, we will also, we're working right now on an update um, uh, training on the Brown Act that the city attorney's office and I will bring to your commission um, probably in spring of next year. So I'd like to sh um, show brief video highlighting our commissions program, and then I will be able for uh, be available for any questions you have on the City of Sacramento Code Section 2.40. Serving as a council appointee to a City of Sacramento Commission is both an awesome opportunity and a significant commitment. The following information will give new appointees and potential applicants an overview of the position's roles and responsibilities. The City of Sacramento utilizes more than 25 commissions to promote community and stakeholder input. Most serve in an advisory capacity to the City Council. However, a few are quasi-judicial, complaint reviews, or appeals boards. Serving as a council appointee provides a way for residents who have special experience or interests to participate in the city's decision-making process by advising city staff and the city council on a wide variety of issues. As an appointee, you interact creatively as a link between the city council and citizens of all ages, interests, and backgrounds. You represent the city as a whole and will help facilitate active and inclusive input, ensuring that all voices are incorporated into any recommendation made to the city council. To effectively participate, appointees often have lengthy reports to review in order to prepare effectively for public meetings. Attendance at meetings is essential. The Ralph M. Brown Act, California's Open Meeting Law, and the City of Sacramento's Sunshine Ordinance have requirements to ensure that all city councils, boards, commissions, and committees are inclusive, transparent, and encourage public participation. Agendas must be posted to clearly communicate what the commission will be discussing and how the public can be part of that conversation. The order and conduct of business of council-established commissions are also governed by the City of Sacramento Council Rules of Procedure. It is critical that appointees only discuss items under their purview at an open and public meeting and avoid discussions outside the public forum. A meeting could be any gathering of a majority of appointees to discuss items under their jurisdiction and discussions in non-public formats, such as email, phone, or text message, must be avoided. To ensure transparency and a high level of service, appointees have educational requirements such as ethics and sexual harassment training. Appointees may also have reporting requirements such as filing of a Statement of Economic Interests, FPPC Form 700, upon appointment, annually, and when leaving. We appreciate your interest in the City of Sacramento Board, Commission, and Committee Program, an opportunity for citizens to ensure transparent, open, and inclusive participation in the City's decision-making process. 
please visit our website for appointee resources and information on applying to serve. Commissions.CityOfSacramento.org Clerk at CityOfSacramento.org 916-808-7200so, Chair, that concludes my presentation. Um, thank you to the Chair and Commissioners for allowing me to present tonight. And I'm available for any questions. Thank you. Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I do not have any hands raised for this item. Thank you. Thank you. Are there any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? Commissioner Lee? I just had a quick question. Um, I don't know some of the terminology. What's an ad hoc committee versus a subcommittee? Like, what's the difference? Thanks. Uh, thank you. So an ad hoc committee um, is typically limited duration and specific scope and purpose, and that's and less than a quorum of members. A subcommittee could be, um, typically is limited purpose and duration, but could be a longer period, but also is less than a quorum of the commission. Thank you, I appreciate that. Other questions or comments from commissioners? Then I have another um, comment, which is that um, as a commission member, one of the things I would have very much liked and still would like is um, to be noticed when an issue that our, our commission has worked on goes before the city council. So we have had in the past um, votes on rate issues and rate hearings, and then it has gone before the city council um, at a much later date. And we are unaware at the time when it goes through unless we separately watch the city council agendas. Um, is there a way that as you do this overhaul um, that commissioners can be notified when materials that they've worked on go before the city council? Absolutely, and that's part of the um, handbook that I'm preparing for department contacts is a requirement that they are watching for items and notify the commissions when those items are coming to council with the ultimate goal that those items actually came to the commission if they are under your purview prior to them coming to the council. <laughs> well, <laughs> that would be great. Um, we haven't here at URAC had that problem very often, but I have had um, stuff that we've gone on it shows up three or four months later, or it's noticed and then it, does, it isn't done that night and it's noticed the following time. And, and so I, um, I um, have been unable to keep track after it's left our hands. So that would be great. Thank you for that comment. Okay, this item is received, anything else from any other commissioners? No. This item is received and filed, so no vote is required. We'll move on to the next item. The next item is item three, Department of Utilities Accountability Plan Update, fourth quarter of fiscal year 2022. Is there a staff presentation? Yeah, thank you, uh, uh, Chair Fidel and commissioners. Uh, I'll kick this off. I'm Bill Busate, the director of the Department of Utilities. Um, I'm gonna just give some very brief opening remarks and then I will turn the presentation over to Charlie Cunningham. He'll give the wastewater stormwater update and then uh, 
after Charlie will be uh, Penny Buckman and she'll give the financial update. Um, I mostly want to just uh, uh, inform the, the commission that uh, this will be my last commission meeting. Um, I'm gonna be retiring in a couple of months. Um, I wanna express my deep appreciation for um, the commissioners and the time that you, that you spend with us for your assistance in um, our uh, rate processes, uh, for your support, for your uh, assistance in, in helping us hold ourselves accountable um, for the commitments that we make. Um, this has been a, a good experience for me to work with this commission and I'm, I'm very, very appreciative. Um, I've been with the Department of Utilities for a little over 26 years now. And uh, I've been a practicing engineer for uh, almost 32 years. So it's time for me to go ahead and retire. <laughs> and I, I'm looking forward to it, but I've, I've enjoyed it and I've thoroughly enjoyed working with this commission and, and uh, express my deep appreciation. So with that, I'll go ahead and turn the time over to Charlie Cunningham for the, for the uh, first presentation. Thank you, Bill. Uh, good evening, my name is Charlie Cunningham. I'm the Wastewater and Drainage Division Manager for the Department of Utilities with the City of Sacramento. And um, tonight I'll be, uh, in our presentation, I'll be sharing a few examples of how our department is leveraging advancements in technology uh, to provide innovative solutions to some of the challenges that we face. And um, with the uh, wastewater and collections section, uh, the, the spider cam, which is a light, LIDAR mapping, which is laser imaging and light detection and ranging uh, for our manholes, uh, free flow tool upgrade to uh, the CMMS scheduling software, a roach complaint tracking app, and then the uh, drainage collections levy section, how we're using drones and then the landing craft that we secured through some grant opportunities, uh, operations and system maintenance section of our uh, N12 uh, repair that's currently ongoing. <clears throat> so with the um, yeah, slide 14, so our manhole inspection systems for uh, the CCTV. So we have a mapping system where we run CCTV cameras uh, through the, the pipes and so that we can use a software to grade the condition of the pipes. And this helps with uh, scheduling the work and the frequency of cleaning uh, to avoid SSOs or, or spills in the collection system. Working with the uh, GIS team are, um, to geolocate all these manholes, map them out, and then have you know grading systems so that we actually can quantify and know the condition of the, the, the pipes that are in the system uh, that are you know generations and generations of pipes as the city has expanded and grown over the years. Uh, we generate record for all manholes uh, and, and coding uh, data. The 70 manholes are fully processed each month on average. And it's ex expected at this, you know, with the current resources that we have to take 19 years uh, to survey all of the manholes in the system. So the CO tools update is another um, software innovative technology that we're using. Then that 
um, the, the CO tools was kind of the beginning. And now that's become obsolete as the technology advances very rapidly. And we strive to, you know, stay up to date with the most advanced tools that we can have to be as efficient as possible with the resources that we have within the division. The, the free flow upgrade um, program will be replacing CO tools. And uh, this upgrade will include the drainage uh, mainland scheduler uh, that'll be an automated type of scheduler. So based on the scoring and the condition of the pipes, as we survey the pipes with the CCTV and the LIDAR, um, then it will help to adjust the schedules accordingly as to what the cleaning cycle should be of how frequently uh, it's required for the, the crews to return and clean uh, to avoid having any spills. The uh, project uh, was kicked off uh, this Monday, uh, September 26th, and it's expected to take nine months to be uh, you know, fully implemented and have staff trained uh, in, in, you know, we're working with a consultant to make sure that things are implemented properly and people are trained and then we'll review, you know, the scheduling to make sure that it's accurate and that the maintenance is adequate that's being done to avoid there again, having any SSOs. So the road chat, so <clears throat> do you, um, you know, responds to 311 calls for cockroach complaints. And that's a big problem in any sewer system. And a lot of times there's there's not much that can be done um, in the past, right? As to how, you know, you can mitigate this issue with the uh, the roaches. But working with our GS, GIS team, uh, we developed a new roach tracking app in August. And so the benefits of this app are it tracks the roach abatement methods in real time so working with our contractor, that's an abatement contractor, they actually have access to update the app. We can see which manholes they're at, which ones that they've applicated the abatement on, and, and then we're able to track the complaints as well. Uh, this eliminates inefficiencies of, you know, the delays and latencies that we had in the past with paper, uh, making it from, you know, point to point. It's real time on the app. Anyone that's, you know, logged in can see what's happening currently. Ensures accurate uh, manhole counts for billing uh, with the contractor as the applications happen. Uh, reduce the risk of accidental treatment of drain into the drainage system of them actually applying the wrong manhole. Uh, so this will reduce that risk and reduce the uh, 311 calls and complaints is the ultimate goal. Uh, and stakeholder communication is also improved and possible future um, usage for an app like this will be a root control program as well, so that we can track where those problem areas are. So DOU's successfully secured approximately about $1.8 million in grant funding. And with the assistance of these grant funds, uh, we've implemented the use of drones. Um, so the drones uh, have the following tasks, you know, that they are suited for. Uh, so we can do surveys for erosion pre and post flood season and actually measure, you know, the material um, pre and post season. Uh, mapping and, and surveying of the levee systems, emergency response to high water inspections uh, for erosion and seepage and the use of the RTK drones in conjunction with the propeller aero platform to track, map, measure projects, 
and construction using a cloud-based uh, visualization and analyzation 3D site survey. So with this, it can measure to the point where we're actually accurately able to determine the amount of material that's been lost or if we're uh, adding material, how much material has been delivered and is in place uh, to do a repair. So that's another really um, innovative technology that we've been able to use. Moving on to slide 18, a landing craft vessel uh, that was part of this as well. The maintenance and inspections of the waterside slope, levee monitoring during high water if we actually need to be up close and see it more than what we can do with the drone, uh, then we have to get the boat out and actually can do, you know, where we can stage material and tools and staff uh, from the water side of the levee safely without having anyone have to descend and worrying about, you know, ways to secure uh, and prevent slip and falls that can just come right up off the bank uh, and out of the boat. Uh, it's just an emergency levee repairs, emergency response, and mutual aid assistance uh, to other local maintaining agencies uh, that protect the Sacramento City. So I mentioned the grants. Um, we've received grants from the State uh, Department of Water Resources uh, Flood Maintenance Assistance Program for local maintaining agencies to purchase and maintain equipment that you know I've shown in the slides before. And then also from the Delta Flood Emergency Response, uh, which assists agencies in projects and flood fight materials and supplies. So as I said, it's been about 1.8 million in grant funding to assist in this levy maintenance uh, equipment and our efforts uh, to maintain and safely secure the levy, levees. <clears throat> Excuse me. So some of the challenges that we face uh, within the division are um, the homeless encampments. Uh, we've had a heat injunction recently uh, that a lot of the maintenance and prep work that we do prior to the storm season, which is normally about October 15th, we try to have a goal of having this completed and um, being, you know, in case we do have some storms coming in, some of these areas are very difficult or even impossible to access uh, once that we've had weather. And so the injunction lasted for about 60 days. Uh, it's just lifted this week to where we can begin notifications and start uh, moving some folks out of the way where we can get in and do the work that we have to do to protect the city. Uh, the impacts of these delays are, you know, potentially is going to be a lot of overtime hours. And if, you know, that 1,500 hours um, equates to about $98,000 in additional labor uh, to catch up and get to the point we need to ahead of the storms. Uh, so we're um, begin notifications, as I said, this week, and we'll hopefully start the work as soon as the requirement is fulfilled for the notifications. Another challenge that we've had uh, has been division-wide staffing issues. And with the staffing issues, we've, we've lost 72 people. Uh, over the last period uh, and you know we've been able to replace some of those folks but we still currently have 27 vacancies and so with that rate of turnover right there's always a loss of knowledge uh, and then what you've invested in training the people and then having still adequate staff that do have knowledge of the system to train those incoming new hires so those are a challenge um, with you know some of the options we have are, are just using contractors um, which, you know, is, is difficult because as far as the investment, right, of having staff readily available, if we need them for a storm or we need them for levy work, 
um, they're there to be dispatched versus a contractor. We have to go out and procure the contract, you know, insurance, all these things have to be put in place and, and at that premium cost. So our O&M op, uh, operation system maintenance group works within our plant systems of the wastewater and drainage division. Uh, one of the current projects is an N12 repair. This is a location that we uh, operate for the County of Sacramento. Regional Sanitation uh, owns this, and then we operate and maintain. Uh, this installation here was over 30 years old. Uh, it was found that there was some corrosion and some of the pipe had failed. So we've been successfully uh, collaborating with the County of Sacramento to get this repair work done uh, with our engineering staff and their engineering staff and, and we are using a, a contractor to help with these repairs. There's about 16 phases to the contract. Uh, we've got about phases 9 and 10 just recently completed, moving on uh, to the next you know, three phases to be completed within hopefully the next two weeks. Uh, they're again, you know, racing the calendar and the weather, trying to get all of these repairs done in advance of any major storms. So another location that our operations and system maintenance group take care of and have responsibility for is the sump two uh, combined pumping station. This is the heart of our combined system, if you will, or the main control point. Uh, sump two is very uh, critical. And in 1999, uh, due to the criticality of the station, it was designed and, and built uh, with a paralleling uh, electrical system to parallel with SMUD for improved reliability. And so we were doing testing of this paralleling station. There's eight megawatts of generation capability on site. That's the uh, photo in the far right of the big generators. And then the other two photos are the actual paralleling gear uh, so that we can have a closed transition. If we lose the utility in a major pumping operation, uh, the generators are already online uh, to pick up that load and continue moving the water uh, to which, whichever location. There's, As I said, it's a control point. We can pump water to storage reservoirs. Uh, we can pump water to the combined treatment plant, or we can send water to regional sanitation from this location. So it's very critical um, in the storms season especially. And so making sure that this is working properly uh, is, is one of the key things that we do in preparation for storm season. This concludes our uh, update. Uh, thank you for your uh, participation and being, you know, commissioners on this uh, committee. Thank you, Charlie. I'm gonna jump back in um, and go ahead and, and now give the director's update and then we'll go to uh, uh, Penny's uh, presentation on the financial update. Um, go ahead and go to the next slide. So the um, as of June 30th, uh, there were 8,913 residential participants and five non-for-profit organizations participating in the rate assistance program. Um, as of June 30, uh, 2022, a total of, um, or in that last quarter of uh, 2020 of fiscal year 2022, 
a total of a little over a million dollars was spent uh, to provide monthly discounts for water, wastewater, and recycling and solid waste. Um, the total, total of 2.782 or 3.782 million of the 3.78 million budget. In, in other words, we spent all of the budget uh, plus about uh, $2,000 uh, was spent in FY22. Uh, DOU is working with the Department of Public Works the Department of Finance and the city manager to recommend modifications to the SERP program or the rate assistance program that will, that will make it more sustainable. On April 2022, the program included the recycling and solid waste rate adjustments. And there's a recommendation to include the storm drainage fee also, which was implemented on July 1st of 2022. DOU releases your partner, the your partner report every other month. And the report focuses on topics including wastewater, water efficiency, water conservation, storm drainage, and water quality. The Your Partner report was rebranded as the city as the city drop in May. It was sent to customers in an email blast format, eliminating the print version and allowing for better tracking of engagement metrics. It was also promoted in social media. As part of DOU's Stormwater Quality Improvement Program, DOU released its annual Stormwater Community Action Grant in December of 2021, advertised the, and, and advertised the grant on the website, the social media, and the City Express. DOU awarded nine grant applicants for, uh, in April of 2022. Uh, the projects funded included community uh, trash and litter cleanups along city streets, rivers and creeks, youth education projects, promoting river-friendly landscaping, and water pollution prevention and wildlife education. DOU and its partners in the Sacramento Stormwater Quality Partnership carry out stormwater pollution prevention outreach to meet the National Pollutant Discharge Elimination System or NPDES stormwater permit requirements. The ultimate purpose is to improve the quality of urban runoff and protect the quality of local creeks and rivers, the rivers being our source water for our drinking water. In partnership with SAGENT, a consultant, DOU carries out regional public outreach and education and education to the public about harmful effects of stormwater pollution and, mo and to motivate people to prevent pollution. Outreach activities include social media outreach and media placement, including English and Spanish radio, digital and online ads, online mobile ads, gas pump toppers, and transit ads. Also includes focused and integrated pest management, as well as integration of creative messaging with Caltrans statewide Let's change this to that clean California campaign, which focuses on trash and litter. These outreach efforts began in the winter and continue through June and continued through June of 2022. Sacramento participated once again in the annual Wyland National Mayor's Challenge for water conservation. Mayor Daryl Steinberg's office and DOU collaborated to produce videos, announcements, 
and social media to urge Sacramento residents to take the pledge. This pledge provided residents with steps such as reusing water bottles and turning off unused water to conserve water and reduce waste. For the second time within three years, Sacramento placed first in its population category with over 9,000 pledges. The following estimates were made based on those pledges. Um, as you, you can see those there, uh, uh, the um, gallons of water saved, the single use plastic water bottles reduced, the pounds of hazardous waste eliminated from, from entering the, the watershed, uh, fewer pounds of waste in landfills, um, savings of carbon dioxide and uh, kilowatt hours uh, of electricity saved. So very significant effort there. Our cumulative water use reduction from June of 2021 through March of uh, March 31st of 2022 compared to 2020 is about 8% um, less water used and about 25% less water used when compared to 2013. When we last had our three day per week, uh, that was the last time that we had our three day per week um, watering schedule in place. I wanna commend the residents of the city of Sacramento for taking this drought very seriously. Um, our water usage uh, is, is almost as low as, as it ever has been. And uh, so express appreciation to the good job that uh, the city of Sacramento residents are doing in that area. The Water Conservation Office worked four outreach events in the last quarter of uh, 2022, the April 15th Oak Park Community Center drive through event, the Earth Day cleanup uh, event next to the Sacramento River intake structure um, on April 23rd, the Southside Park Ecos Earth Day event on April 24th, and the Mulch Mayhem free mulch distribution event on May 21st. Nearly 300 yards of mulch were given away at this year's mulch event. We also dropped off bags of materials at the Trinity Episcopal Church, uh, Church's Earth Day event, uh, which was also on April 24th. 60 people attended our in-person in workshops, workshop on smart irrigation for trees. Uh, this was done in partnership with the Sacramento Tree Foundation. Four hundred twenty-four thousand and nine hundred and seventy-two square feet of turf grass converted to water-wise, river-friendly landscapes this past fiscal year, a new record thanks to the doubling of our rebate between July and December. A new record for leak letters was sent, uh, as well as the uh, river-friendly landscape ap applications. Um, uh, almost fifteen hundred were received this fiscal year and um, we completed uh, five, uh, over 5,500 um, leak investigations. Um, water saving projections in this quarter uh, report are limited to new savings achieved just in this quarter. And you'll see them there on the slide. 
Um, we look forward uh, uh, to determine the, the water savings of a particular water conservation measure. We look at the total potential savings of the device or measure over the lifespan of the measure. On average, over the past three fiscal years, the water conservation rebate budget was about $2.7 million per year. Water conservation plan will soon be updated to better align the city's efforts with the state's long-term water, uh, water conservation framework and will involve an examination of future approaches, an assessment of water efficient devices, device saturation and assumed water savings. When we talk about water efficient device saturation, we're talking about you know, how many efficient toilets do we have in place uh, and how many more do we need to replace same kind of thing with uh, fixtures and uh, you know water efficient um, dry uh, washers and uh, dishwashers. If anybody has any questions or comments, we'd be happy to respond to them now uh, before the, turning the time back over to Penny uh, for our um, financial update. Chair, you are muted. Rick, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I do not have any hands raised for this item. Thank you. Thank you. Are there any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? Commissioner Lee? Um, I just want to say congratulations on your retirement. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for the presentation. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Looks like you've got some help there. Other questions? Commissioner Zito or Commissioner Thomas? I have some questions because <laughs> I didn't understand everything I saw. Go ahead. Um, so I, I just wanted to ask to clarify, I wasn't sure I understood. What are free flow and CO tools? Right? Is that a database? Is that a GIS? What is the tool? So it's a software tool that works in conjunction with our CMMS. So our work order system that we have. So we have a software system that generates the work orders for the crews to go out and complete the work. And so CO2 tools was kind of the first version uh, that helped with the scheduling, but then there was still a requirement for manually adjusting the intervals. Whereas um, the free flow is a little more advanced, right? There's some, some learning that actually happens within the two systems talking to each other, and it can actually adjust based on, you know, data that's input into the system free flow will allow and adjust for that, you know, in an automated way rather than it having to be done manually. Okay. And then is the roadmap public? Does the public get to see this? Um, that I'll have to review, um, you know, just I, with, so the GIS group is actually part of our central IT for the city. So as far as any con uh, security concerns, uh, there are, I'll have to, you know, see, you know, how um, restricted they have the access, but that would be the one thing. But, I, but I can definitely get back to you on that. 
Okay, so right now it's not public. No, it is not. Okay. It's, yeah, yeah, we can report back on that, I'm sure. I just think people would like it. Um, and then where is SUMP2? You talked about work going on there, but I don't know where it is. Yeah, so SUMP2 is off of Riverside Boulevard. It's on the west side of Land Park, right next to the synagogue and the, okay. the school there, the Temple Benai. And it's right in between Riverside Boulevard and I-5. Okay, thanks. Those were my questions. All right, thank you. This item is received and filed, so no vote is required. We'll move on to the next item. The next item is item four, Department of Utilities Financial Update. Is there a staff presentation? Yes. Um, good evening, Chair Fidel and Commissioners. My name is Penny Buckman. I'm the Supervising Financial Analyst with the Department of Utilities. I'm here this evening to present you with an overview of the fiscal year 21-22 year in projections, the estimated fiscal year 22 days of working capital, followed by an overview of the fiscal year 22-23 budget adopted by City Council on June 14, 2022. Included in your agenda packets are the fiscal year 22 year in projections by fund. I will be starting with the water fund. The fiscal year 22 water fund projections included in your packet are based on actuals through June of 2022. The fiscal year ends on June 30th, but the fiscal year doesn't close until mid to late August. Once the fiscal year closes, an external auditor will audit the city's financials. As such, these numbers are not audited. The table before you shows revenues and expenditures in order of the rate model category. The first column reflects the budget for fiscal year 22, followed by the year in projection based on actuals, with the third column reflecting the variance between the two. The department is projecting that the revenues for the water fund will come in approximately $2.9 million higher than budgeted revenues. This is primarily due to development activities and interest earned on investments. The department projects that operating expenditures for fiscal year 22 will result in approximately 7.5 million in savings compared to budgeted expenditures. This is primarily due to savings in employee services caused by vacancies and savings in services and supplies. If realized, the impact of these projections will result in a decrease of approximately 3.5 million to the water fund balance. The wastewater fund is also projecting that revenues will come in higher than budgeted at approximately 1.5 million. This is primarily due to development activities, interest earned on revenue and reimbursements from other agencies. The department pro projects operating expenditures for the wastewater fund fiscal year 22 to come in approximately 2.8 million less than budgeted. This is also due primarily to savings and employee services caused by vacancies and then also for reimbursements to other funds. If realized, the impacts to these projections will result in an increase to the wastewater fund balance of approximately $2.4 million. The storm drainage revenues billed through June 30th are estimated at approximately $2 million higher than budgeted. This is primarily due to the addition of new service accounts through development activity. Currently, the department expects that fiscal year 22 operating expenditures for the storm drain fund will be about approximately 1.3 million lower than budgeted. And again, this is due to um, primarily due to savings um, in employee services caused by vacancies and reimbursements to other funds. 
If realized, the impact of these projections will result in a decrease of approximately 2.9 million to the storm drainage fund balance. This slide shows DOU's um, projected days of working capital for fiscal year 22 by fund. We're currently projecting that all three funds will exceed the guideline of 120 days of working capital. Although this slide shows the fund balance exceeding the 120 days of working capital, it does not consider the planned expenditures for the critical infrastructure needs of the uh, capital improvement program. And at, on this slide, you can see that the five-year program for all three funds, the water fund is approximately 126 million, wastewater is estimated at uh, 12 million and storm drain is estimated at 69 million. However, storm drainage CIP is dependent on the outcome of the litigation, pending litigation on the new storm drain fee, which I will continue to repeat throughout the presentation. Um, each fiscal year, the capital fund is reviewed and modified based on the um, final audited ending fund balance. The capital program will continue to bring the unrestricted reserve closer to the 120 day target. This next slide is for informational purposes only. It, um, this table is for the long-term financial planning purposes and debt reporting. DOU calculates the days of working capital in the previous table with the general fund tax as an operating expenditure. However, the general fund tax is not included as an operating expenditure in water and wastewater revenue bond official statements or annual disclosure reports. So this table shows the days of working capital calculation excluding the general fund tax as an operating expenditure to be consistent with the bond reporting. Also in your packet is a summary of the fiscal year 23 adopted budget approved by city council on June 14th of 2022. It reflects no increases to any of the funds. However, it does include the new storm drain property fee related fee fund that passed a ballot measure on in April of 2022. The fee is currently in litigation and the funds are on hold per the city attorney's recommendation. The water, wastewater and storm drain funds reflect a minimal increase in revenue due to realignment of earned interest to actuals. The water fund anticipated revenues and reserves will provide sufficient resources to support the uh, adopted budget. The budget includes one additional administrative technician position to support the cross-connection control pro program in the water division. The approved fiscal year 23 expenditure budget in the water fund reflects a minimal decrease from FY22. The decrease is due to a one-time budget allocation um, during FY22 mid-year budget to support prior year interest payments for the state revolving fund loan. The fiscal year 23 wastewater fund revenues and reserves will provide sufficient sufficient resources to support the fiscal year 23 expenditure budget, which reflects a minimal decrease from fiscal year 22 expenditure budget of less than a quarter percent. The fiscal year 23 storm drain revenue and reserves will, will provide um, sufficient resources to support the fiscal year 23 expenditure budget. The storm drainage operating expenditure budget reflects a minimal increase of less than a half percent from prior year. Pursuant to Proposition 218, a voter-approved ballot measure is required to increase rates in the storm drainage fund. As previously, previously mentioned, a ballot measure for this effort was completed in April of 22. It resulted in a new storm drainage property-related fee rather than a re rate increase to the existing fund. The new fund will 
will be used to support the storm drainage capital program and any associated operations and maintenance expenditures. The original fund will support existing operation and maintenance needs. The new fund will generate approximately $20 million annually. Also, as reported last fiscal year, the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on DOU revenues has been minimal. In March of 2020, the city council directed the city manager to temporarily suspend penalties on delinquent utility charges. Despite the loss in revenue, revenue DOU has maintained compliance with debt coverage ratios and unrestricted tar, uh, reserve targets. In addition, the city council adopted a resolution in September of 21, authorizing DOU's participation in the California State Water Resources Control Board arrearages programs. These programs provided relief to eligible residential and commercial customers for water and wastewater services for any bills over 60 days past due. This resulted in arrearages of approximately 4.7 million paid on their behalf. DOU will continue to monitor revenues closely. I wanna thank you for your time and this concludes my presentation. Um, Bill and I are both available to answer any questions that you may have. Thank you. Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I do not have any hands raised for this item. Thank you. Thank you. Are there any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? I see Commissioner Thomas. Hi, I have a question. Um, I'm curious as to how the interest revenue for fiscal year 22 for the water fund managed to um, uh, outpaced the, the budget by such a significant amount? Uh, it's really just because our budgets have always been small for our interest budgets have never been aligned to what they've actually been collecting. So we realigned them this year to talk, you know, make that stop happening. But it, it, that's been the norm since for several years now. It's, it's been the norm for them to outperform the, the projected budget. Right. Um, with the other two funds I saw, I think one um, under was just under budget and one was just over. How are those different from the water fund? On interest? Mm -hmm. Interest this is their fund. Their fund balances are much smaller. Oh, I see. Okay. Could we look Thank at you. those? Could we look at those slides, please? Tyler's going to have to bring those back up, but I'm sure he's working on it. I think it's the prior slide title. Um, the very first one with numbers. There you go. The water fund revenues, um, just wait, it's a lot larger. It's 135 million versus 43 million. So it's gonna have more interest earned on the fund balance. Yeah, I was looking at the material that was provided in the in the agenda specifically, just for reference and looking through the line items for revenue i just noticed that the um the end of year projection for for the water fund for for um the interest revenue was was about 1.1 million higher than was budgeted which um you know there are variances with the other two funds but it's this one's just is just so much more significant i was just wondering if it was a change in and policy or um you know how that would vary from the other two funds the budget was only 400,000 and we collected 1.5. And if you look at the history of the budgets, um, 
this it's always been a problem with the interest and dou doesn't set these budgets we had to have a meeting with downtown finance to get the budgets realigned so we did that this year um it's just a, the mechanics of budgeting the budget was just set really low on the water fund does that mean that time. does that mean that for fiscal year 23 the the variance that we would see from budget would be smaller since they were realigned yes. this year yes Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Lee. Hey there, I just had two questions. One of them was, um, I think in one of the last slides, there was a column called CIP and MYOP appropriations. And I apologize if, if I missed it. What is that exactly? CIP is capital improvement program allocations. So it's our, our program. And then MIOPs are multi-year operating projects. Oh, okay. Yeah. I knew what CIP was, but not MIOP, huh? My, okay. We call them a MIOP. <laughs> um, my second question is, are you allowed to talk about that pending litigation on the stormwater fee, the new stormwater fee? Like what happened there? I'll jump in on that. And, it, you know, the, first, the answer is no. Uh, all I can say is we're hopeful that it will have a positive outcome. Okay, thanks. That's what I would ask. Commissioner Vanderwolf, did you have your hand up? I did, but my question got asked by someone else. Great. Anything else from any other commissioners? Okay. Um, could we go back to slide? Is it three or four that shows our days of operating reserve? I think it was three. Three? Maybe four. Uh, next one, maybe. Yeah, projected days of working capital. I guess I would just say that at my very first IRAC meeting in 2017, Brian Beering pointed out that um, those funds were very large. Um, they were holding far more than the minimum day, uh, the minimum projected days, and in fact, are two two times too large. And we're always told and have been for five straight years that no, 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 we can absolutely spend those on capital improvement. There's no need to worry about us spending that. Um, but I'll just point out it's been five straight years and they haven't been spent down um, since I personally have been watching. So uh, I, I just wanted to say that. Thank you. We, uh, one of the reasons that we showed the capital uh, budget for the next Five years uh, shows 126 million, you know, capital budget. Uh, we fully intend to 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 spend down that that excess fund balance. This item is received and filed, so no vote is required. We'll move on to the next item. The next item is commissioner comments, ideas, and questions. Are there any commissioners who wish to speak? Um, then I will also add my congratulations to Director Busseth. Um, 
And I hope you have a very serene and pleasant retirement. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. The last item is public comments, matters not on the agenda. Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on public comments, matters not on the agenda? Thank you, Chair. I have no hands raised for matters not on the agenda tonight. Thank you. This concludes today's agenda. Thank you everyone for your participation. The meeting's adjourned. Thanks everybody. <laughs>